Let me say good morning to everyone and welcome to Ridgepoint Church. It is so good to have you guys with us today. Uh, and let me just go ahead and echo what the worship team has already talked about this morning and the sentiments that they have, have said. And happy Mother's Day to all of our, our mothers and soon-to-be mothers and uh, folks that mothers that want to be are, but are suffering with infertility. This is a difficult day for a lot of, of women, and I want to acknowledge that, and I want to, you to know that we see you, we hear you, and we love you, and we are, um, we are, we are here with you during this, this day. And for those that are celebrating today, it is so good uh, to have you celebrating with us. I just want to say a special happy Mother's Day to my mama, who is here in the second row today, and I'm just so thankful for her and her guidance in my life over the past 38 years, um, and then also to my beautiful wife, who is a mama to our two beautiful kids. Happy Mother's Day to you as well. Um, today, we're going to do some, we're kicking off a new series, as you probably saw there on the screen. It's called Dangerous Prayers, and uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle uh, wrote a book called Dangerous Prayers, and a lot of the, the material that you're going to hear uh, throughout this series comes from this book and a series that he preached. And so I'm so excited to be able to present this to you guys because it is life-changing. Hear me when I say this, life-changing for us. Uh, first thing I want to ask you is a question, and, and I can already tell this morning, some of you guys just rolled out of the bed. Uh, my mom was out until midnight last night. Let me just go ahead and out her in front of everyone. She was at a restaurant last night till midnight, drinking and going on, swarping. I'm just kidding about the drinking. But anyway, um, I have a question for you, and I need you to participate, Austin, okay? I want you to raise your hand if you feel this way. If you don't, I just need to hear from you, okay? If you're watching online today and you want to put a little emoji on there, I have a very important question for you today. How many of you truly and honestly believe in the power of prayer? Raise your hand. We truly and honestly, everything within us, we believe in the power of prayer. And I don't want you to raise your hand on this one. But how many of you, even though you believe in the power of prayer, would say that you should pray more consistently with more faith? Don't raise your hand. Even though you believe in the power of prayer, you would say that you should pray more consistently and with more faith. Why is it? Why is it that as Christ followers, we believe in the power of prayer? We believe that prayer changes things. We know that we have access to God the Father through prayer. We know that prayer can get things done, yet so often in our lives, our prayer life is inconsistent and lackluster. Why is that? I've struggled with this question for some time now on my own. Sometimes in our faith journey, we just have these moments of, of just questions and questions and questions. And so I've had these questions about prayer, and I've had these questions in my own life. I've talked about prayer with my wife, and we've kind of talked about what it means to pray. We've talked about our lack of prayer in our own lives and our personal faith journeys. We've talked about all these things, and I've, I've talked about it with other folks, us, other trusted friends as well. But I believe that God has put this on my heart in this season, in this time, because it's on his heart as well. There's a book called Dangerous Prayers, as I said earlier, by Pastor Craig Rochelle. And um, he also did a series on this book. And some of the ideas that you're going to hear today are from that series as well. But I believe, again, if you're with us over the next three weeks, today and the next two Sundays, I'm telling you, if you listen to what God is saying through this series, it can change our spiritual life. It can and it will. Just listen. 
Why is it that we believe in the power of prayer, yet our lives do not reflect that? For some of us, it may be because we just think we're crappy prayers. Let's just be honest. We just think we can't really pray like the other person that's beside of us. We just think that we have, uh, we're not good at that. You ever feel that way? It's especially hard when you're around a, a group of people that you believe are professional prayers, right? You think these guys are professional prayers. When they pray, the Lord listens, right? It's so interesting to me. Have you ever been in a prayer? And we just did this a, um, a couple months ago with the worship team where Michael got us all around the, uh, in a circle. And basically he said, okay, I'm going to start the prayer. And then everybody else, if you want to pray, then you go ahead and pray afterwards. And then he prayed this big lofty professional prayer. And everybody else just got intimidated and was like, I'm not going to pray with that. You know, I'm not going to go after that guy because that's a professional prayer. You ever hear that? You ever around people that make you feel that way? It's like that's a professional prayer. If, sometimes you even feel like you put a point system to it, right? It's almost like a point system. And so if you quote Scripture in prayer, that's 20 points right there. I, that's 20, I didn't know that Scripture. You quote Scripture in prayer, that's 20 points. As a matter of fact, if you bind the devil in prayer, that's another 30 bonus points, right? Like, I bind you, Satan. In the name of Jesus Christ, like, whoa, that guy's spiritual, right? Or here's one. If anyone else in the group says, yes, Lord, that's 10 bonus points right there. It's like, that's good right there. That's 10 bonus points right there. Do you ever feel that way where you feel like you just get intimidated by these professional prayers around you? And so your, your prayer life just gets inconsistent. You feel like, I don't pray like that, so am I even praying right? Like, I, I felt this way in my own life. And if I'm going to be really honest with you guys today and really vulnerable with you, there are times when I even get bored praying. There are times that I think God gets bored of my praying. If I'm being honest, you guys know what I mean. You get into this routine. When you pray, you kind of get into the routine and you're like, I want to pray for everybody I know. I'm going to pray that God will bless them, make them happy and healthy, right? Pray for all of them. I'm going to pray a hedge of protection around my family. Like, what is a hedge of protection anyway? I don't know, but everybody else prays it. I better pray it too. If I don't pray it, God's going to you know, strike me down or something. Lord, bless my kids. Keep them healthy and happy. Bless my wife. Help me have a great day. Don't let anything bad happen to me today, Lord. I just want to be happy and healthy and safe. Surround me. We pray these safe, happy, healthy prayers, right? I don't know if you, if you guys are hearing me this morning, but I have gotten into this routine many, many times in my life where we're just praying the same thing over and over and over. Our prayers are just safe. And sometimes I wonder if the all-powerful God in heaven is almost insulted by our prayers, our safe, healthy, happy prayers. This this. God has all the power in the universe. And we're just asking Him to keep us happy or healthy or safe. Our prayers are just so, so safe. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about dangerous prayers. We're going to take a step out together and talk about dangerous prayers. Not safe prayers. Not prayers of, of happiness and safety and, 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 and um, uh, healthiness. We're not going to pray that right now. We're going to talk about dangerous prayers. 
And today, our first dangerous prayer we're going to talk about comes from the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. I'm going to give you guys some context here, okay? Peter and John were disciples of Jesus, and they were, they were preaching after Jesus had ascended into heaven. They were preaching boldly the name of Jesus, right? They were going all throughout the land preaching the name of Jesus, and, and they were performing miracles. Because remember what Jesus said, when I go away, you're going to do even greater things than I did. And so they were performing miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. They came across this man who had been paralyzed for 40 years. This guy hadn't walked for 40 years. He was paralyzed. And you know what happened? They prayed over this guy and the Lord healed him in the name of Jesus. The religious leaders were so frustrated about this. They were angered by what they were seeing. Because what was happening, what they were seeing really made them upset. Because what they were, everything was getting out of control. These Jesus freaks were getting out of control. They had already murdered Jesus, crucified him. And now these guys were continuing to preach his gospel, to preach his word. And they were getting terrified because things were getting out of control. And so they had Peter and John arrested. And they brought him before the religious leaders or the Sanhedrin. And, and the religious authorities gathered around these men in a circle. And they basically said, by what authority or in whose name are you performing these miracles? Man, they just set him up, man. They just set Peter and John up for an amazing comeback, right? Just set him up for an amazing comeback. Let's read what Peter says in Acts chapter 4, verse 10. He says this, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel, let me clearly say this, let me say it in such a way that everyone, absolutely everyone understands exactly what I'm trying to say. Everyone understands. I'm going to clearly state this to you. Who? Uh, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was um, um, uh, healed by the power of, powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Let me clearly tell you today, Peter and John were saying, let me clearly say to you that the one who healed this man in the name, oh, it's the same one that you crucified, that you murdered, but God raised from the dead. That was a bold response in front of these religious leaders. Peter was calling them out publicly. I mean, he was calling these guys out publicly. And, and, and they had the power to kill him. They had the power to kill him. And, and Peter also said, God raised him from the dead. You know, that same one that God raised from the dead. Well, the Sadducees, they didn't believe in any form of bodily resurrection. Any form whatsoever. So what Peter was doing, essentially, is he was declaring war on the religious leaders. He was declaring war on the current religious structure that he found himself in. It was a strong, bold statement from Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. In verse 13, he goes on to say, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. Men, I don't know about you, but how many would you classify yourself as being ordinary? I don't know. I'm pretty ordinary myself. Well, I don't, you probably not, don't think I'm ordinary, but it's pretty ordinary, blue-collar, uh, uh, you know, in the trenches, along with other hardworking, no formal education of any kind. These guys, 
We're, we're performing miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. And these religious leaders were amazed at these folks. They were amazed. They, wouldn't, they were kind of frustrated by it, but they were amazed. But suddenly, there's a big problem. These guys just performed a miracle in the name of Jesus Christ. The religious leaders were so nervous because of these Jesus followers. And they thought when they crucified Jesus and put him into the tomb, he was gone, he was dead, he was buried. They thought he was gone. They thought everything was over at this point. But they had to stomp out these Jesus freaks. So what did they do? They got Peter and John in this circle in front of the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, and they basically said, if you keep doing this, if you keep preaching this man's name, if you keep doing these miracles and going from town to town talking about this Jesus guy, we're going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty simple. We're going to kill you. We're going to murder you. Just stop talking about Jesus. At the very least, we're going to throw you in jail and we're going to beat you to death. Just stop talking about Jesus. <laughs> what do you think Peter and John did? You think they backed down? Okay, all right, we won't do it again. Well, here's what Peter and John did. They prayed. In the midst of this persecution, in the midst of this, this struggle, what they're seeing in front of them, they prayed. And what do you think they prayed? Lord, keep us safe. Keep us safe, Lord. I don't want to get beaten. I don't want to get thrown in jail for a second time this week. Just keep me safe, Lord. Surround me with a hedge of protection, Lord. You think that's what they prayed? Just keep me safe. I want to, I want to get married. I want, to have a, I want to move into the mountains with my wife. And I want to have a pool out back and a nice house and a white picket fence and a big fat 401k and just live out the rest of my life, Lord. Just keep me safe. You think that's what Peter and John were praying? Instead, what with the threat of death, literally the Sanhedrin said, if you pray, if you continue to preach about this man named Jesus and you continue to do miracles in his name, we will have you killed. And in the threat of being killed by the religious leaders, what do you think that they prayed? They prayed a dangerous prayer. Why? Because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. They prayed a dangerous prayer because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And this is our prayer for this week. Check this out, what Peter said. Acts chapter 4, verse 29, he said, And now, O Lord, hear their threats. He's talking about these religious leaders, the, the Sanhedrin. Hear their threats, Lord, and give us your servants, your servants, we are your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. <laughs> they were like, we're going to take it a step further. We're going to take it a step further. We want you to give us even more boldness to preach your word. We're not worried about being safe. We're not worried about being healthy. We're worried about seeing people's lives change for Jesus Christ. We're not worried about these safe and happy and healthy things. They prayed the prayer, Lord, make me bold. Lord, make me bold. Give us unshakable spiritual convictions that we may have the faith to follow you no matter what the cost. No matter the cost. These religious leaders, they were amazed by their boldness. Here's another question. Question this morning. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bold are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, how bold are you? 1 being the least bold... 
10 being the most bold. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bold are you? Some of you may say, well, I'm a one or a two. That's just not really my personality. I don't really like conflict. I don't really like talking to anyone about anything that's going to make us have any differing opinions. I just don't want to do those kinds of things. And some, of, some others of you are like, I'm a 10. I don't really care what anybody thinks. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to tell you, especially when it comes to Jesus. I'm going to tell everyone about Jesus. You may say, I don't even have to speak because when people, when I walk by, people know that I'm a Christian. They know. You're like, that's like a 9 or a 10. How bold are you with your faith? Others of you, if you're being really honest, you're on the lower side. You believe that your faith is very personal, and so you don't talk about it openly. It's okay. You don't talk about it openly. You don't talk about it in public. But um, uh, the question I have for you is, do the people that you work with know that you're a Christian? You work with a bunch of people every day, every week. Do they know that you're a Christian? Do they know that you are a uh, follower of Christ? If you've been at your job for multiple years and your coworkers don't know that you're a Christian, make sure when they find out that you tell them you go to Allen Baptist Church, okay? Don't tell them Ridgepoint, please. Where do you fall on the scale of, of 1 to 10? Where do you fall on the scale? How amazed are people with your boldness when it comes to Jesus Christ? How amazed are people with your boldness? Let's look back at Peter and John. Here's what the Bible says. Guys, this is good stuff. This is really good stuff. The Bible says this, Acts chapter 29, verse, I'm sorry, verse uh, 4, verse uh, 29. Chapter 4, verse 29. And now, O Lord, here's what Peter said, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through your name, uh, the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. After this prayer, everybody say that with me. After this prayer. Again, the meeting place shook after the prayer. The meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That's crazy how that works, right? After they prayed, the whole place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the Word of God with what? Boldness. So they prayed, and after they prayed, the Holy Spirit came, and when the Holy Spirit came, they were able to speak and preach with boldness. You may say, I'm naturally not a bold person. I'm kind of timid, to be honest with you. That's my, that's my characteristic. I'm not really a bold person. That's, that's a, um, but here's what I want to say to you. In the biblical sense, boldness is not a personality trait. In the biblical sense, boldness isn't a personality trait. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, although you may be naturally a quiet person, suddenly you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're able to preach and speak with great boldness. You see, we forget about the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I, we forget about the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you someone. I'm leaving you, but I'm sending you someone in my place. That is the Holy Spirit. When you ask Jesus into your life to save you, to come in and, and be, uh, when you ask God to save you, and through Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the way that works. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget the power of the Holy Spirit. But after they prayed, 
after they prayed, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached with great boldness. Guys, you have to be careful. Listen, listen. You have to be careful. Don't pray and ask God to make you bold if you're not ready to be made bold. Don't pray and ask God to make you bold because as soon as you do, you're going to find opportunities to be bold for Jesus Christ. As soon as you ask him to make you bold and you pray that dangerous prayer, he's going to give you opportunities to be bold like you've never seen before. You may be in a conversation with someone and suddenly you have the urge to ask them, can I pray for you? You're like, wow, where'd that come from? I've never done that before. Where'd that come from? I need to pray for you. It's just in my heart right now so much. I just need to stop what we're doing and pray for you. You may be in a group of people that are gossiping about someone that you love. You may be in a group of people that are gossiping about someone that you don't like. And then you have this urge inside of you that says, hey, I can't do this. And you say to everyone around you, hey, we need to stop. We need to stop. And then you just turn around and walk away. Like, if you pray for boldness... God will give you boldness or he'll give you opportunities to be more bold. When you pray this dangerous prayer, Lord, make me bold. He's going to give you opportunities to be bold. What would happen if over the next seven days, what would happen is if if you set an alarm on your phone for the same time every single day and every time that alarm went off, you got up and you started praying to God for five minutes, Lord, make me bold. Lord, make me bold. What would happen? May I have the faith to believe that you'll show up and do what only you can do, God. Lord, make me bold. Guess what? Peter and John, they kept on preaching. They kept on doing exactly what was going to get them arrested and ultimately killed. They kept on watching God do miracles, and they continue to get to see people saved. The religious leaders continued to get angry and frustrated with Peter and John. As a matter of fact, Acts chapter 5, verse 18 through 20 says this, They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out, and then told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Guys, check this out. If you're daring enough, If you are daring enough to pray that dangerous prayer this week, if you are daring enough to pray that dangerous faith-filled prayer, God, make me bold. Let me show you three quick attributes of boldness that you're going to see in your own life. The first one isn't very fun, but boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. Boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. Verse 18 says, They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Why? Because they were being bold with their faith. They were preaching about Jesus, the name above all names. And they were, they were, um, they had opposition. This is the second time in a week that Peter and John have been put into prison. Many, many times people say, uh, I'm trying to live for Jesus, but things just aren't going well. Everything just keeps happening in my life. I've been trying so hard, Pastor. I've been trying really hard, but all these things just keep happening. I don't know why I keep having all these problems when I'm living for Jesus. Listen, listen, serving Jesus was never a formula for a perfect life. It just wasn't. That's not what Jesus promises us. It was never a a formula for a perfect life. 
Whenever you serve him faithfully, there's often spiritual opposition. In fact, I try not to worry when there's opposition for my obedience to God. I worry when there's none because I'm probably not obeying him. I try not to. Listen, I promise you, if you pray the prayer, make me bold. The Spirit of God will come upon you and you'll find yourself standing up for God in ways that you didn't even know that you could. And you're going to find yourself standing up for God in ways where people are going to laugh at you. They're going to make fun of you when you stand up for God with boldness. As a matter of fact, those same people probably are not going to invite you to their, their gatherings anymore. They're probably not going to invite you over for dinner because they don't want to hear what you have to say. They may even stop allowing their kids to hang out with your kids. When you stand up for what is true, for what is right, you might even get passed over for the promotion at work when you stand up with boldness talking about Jesus Christ. People may not let their kids hang out with your kids anymore. There is spiritual opposition when you stand up and you pray the dangerous prayer, God make me bold. There is opposition, spiritual opposition. But here's the bottom line. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience in God, you're not ready to be used by God. If you're not ready to face spiritual opposition, For your obedience to God, you're probably not ready to be used by God. The second thing is this. (laughs) Boldness often releases God's miracles. This is crazy one right here. In other words, when you live out bold faith, you often see the hand of God move in miraculous ways all around you. As a matter of fact, check out verse 19 again and read it the way that it sounds uh, when, when, when it was written. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. That's one sentence. Can you imagine what would happen if you and I saw an angel of the Lord? Like, oh my goodness, did you see how big that angel was? That angel was absolutely on fire. There was fire in his eyes. There were all these things. It's about as big as a semi-truck. I mean, this is just a huge thing. He came in and he opened up the gates and tore the, 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 the gate off the hinges and pulled us out. Like, it was such an amazing thing. That's not what Peter said. He said, an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. (laughs) The writer of, of the book of Acts, Luke, is acting as if it was almost expected to happen. Why? Because when you pray for boldness, miracles start happening around you. When you pray that dangerous prayer, Lord, make me bold, don't be surprised when miracles start happening around you. That's just what happens when you're being bold for Christ. When you walk in obedience, you won't be surprised. The miracles of God, boldness often releases God's miracles. The third thing is this, boldness always requires faith. Always. If you pray, Lord, make me bold, I promise you, this week you will have to live by faith in ways that you've never lived before. If you truly pray this prayer, this dangerous prayer with me, This week, you will have to show faith like you've never shown before. Check this out, verse 20. Go to the temple. This is what the angel of the Lord said to Peter and John as he got them out or brought them out of the jail. He said, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told, and immediately 
they began to teach. In other words, hey guys, you know that thing that almost got you killed? You know that thing that you did that 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 got you in trouble twice this year, got you, I'm sorry, this week, got you put in jail twice this week and got you beaten twice this week? Got you the 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 religious leaders to say that they're going to murder you. You know that thing that that you were doing to get all that stuff to happen to you. Hey, I want you to go do that again. As a matter of fact, I want you to take this message to the temple where the Sadducees and the Pharisees and, and the religious leaders are sure to see you and sure to hear you. You know that thing that you've been doing to get you in all this trouble. I want you to do it in a way that no one can not hear you. This is what God calls us to do. When you pray that prayer, Lord, make me bold. He's going to give you opportunities to be bold. Opportunities to be bold. Do you know what happened to Peter and John? What happened to Peter and John when they prayed the prayer? Lord, just make me bold. Make me more bold. Do you think maybe... They just retired on, on an island, a beautiful, quiet island with their wives and their children. They had a nice life. You know, they lived out the remaining of, a remainder of their days and just had a good time living uh, on this island up in the mountains all together. Just all worked out really nice. We had this beautiful future. Not at all. That's not what happened to Peter and John. Contemporary historians, they tell us that John was arrested and was dipped in boiling oil. It was designed to kill him. Somehow John survived. And for his boldness, he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, where he lived out the remainder of his days. According to first century sources, Peter, the apostle, he was martyred in Rome. Tradition tells us that that Peter was sentenced to be crucified. And Peter said, listen... I don't want to be crucified right side up because my Savior was crucified right side up. I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as my Savior. Would you crucify me upside down? And contemporary historians tell us that's exactly what happened. This was their reward for their obedience. This was their reward for praying, Lord, make me bold. Listen, it's a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer because of their obedience and boldness. It almost always triggers spiritual opposition. Almost always. It's a dangerous prayer. So don't worry when you face opposition for your boldness and obedience to God. Worry when you don't. I want to invite the worship folks up. Guys, it's a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer, Lord, make me bold. But I have to ask you yet again, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bold are you for Jesus? How bold are you? Do people see you and know that you are bold? How amazed are people by your boldness? If you really know Jesus and you've experienced you've experienced his forgiveness, you've experienced his grace, you've experienced his freedom, then you want to be bold. Because guess what? I want everyone that I love to experience the same thing that I experienced. And sometimes in order to help people experience that, we have to be bold in our faith. We have to be bold for him. 
You want to let your light shine. You don't care if you face opposition because you want others to experience that same freedom and that same grace. Listen, we only have a short time in this life. We only have a short time in this life. And if the only thing that you and I are worried about is amassing this huge 401k and making sure that we are we have everything that we need, making sure that we have the biggest house, making sure that we have the nicest cars, making sure that our kids go to the best schools, making sure that we're happy, healthy, and safe, then what are we doing for the kingdom of God? What are we doing for the kingdom of God? We only have a short time in this world. Are you storing up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't affect? Or are you trying to amass all the treasures that you can here on earth? Listen, you can have everything that this world has to offer. You can have absolutely everything. All the cars, all the money, all the gadgets, all the fame. One day, when I breathe my last breath, And I stand before the Lord. I want him to say to me, you've been faithful over few things, so I'll make you ruler over many. Enter in, my good and faithful servant. Take everything this world has to offer. God, make me bold. Make me bold. Make me stand up for you in a world that continues to push you out. Make me stand up for you around my friends and family, co-workers, people that love me, people that hate me, people that don't know me. Give me the strength that I need Make me bold to stand up for you in all areas of my life, God. If there are people around me that do not know that I'm a Christian, that I'm a follower of yours, God, I pray that you put me in positions, God, and make me bold so that I show them and tell them about your wonderful works, the freedom that I've found in you, the love that I've found in you, the unconditional mercy that I have found in you. Make me bold to share your gospel to the world that needs you so desperately. Give me the strength to stand up for you when everyone else is walking away. Regardless of my family, my friends, those that are going to laugh at me, those that are going to ridicule me, those that are going to say mean things about me, or those that are going to hate me, allow me to stand up for you in the midst of all of that adversity. Because most of all, I want to be found doing your work with boldness more than I want the fame of this world. Bless bless these people and bless us to be more bold. Folks, it's a dangerous prayer. It is a dangerous prayer that you and I If we pray this prayer, God will make us bold. He'll put us in positions where we have to be bold. This is a dangerous prayer. But this is one that you and I need to pray. And so I'm asking you, my challenge to you this week, 
Set an alarm on your phone or wherever you put your alarms. Set an alarm on your phone at the same time every single day over the next seven days. I want you to get on, that, hear that alert and know I'm going to spend the next five minutes or so praying, Lord, make me bold. It's a dangerous prayer. If you're ready for it, I want you to pray it starting today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. I pray that you make us bold, Father. That we stop uh, uh, just only. It's, it's okay for us to pray that you keep us safe. It's okay for those things, God. But more importantly than that, we need to pray that you make us bold. Make me bold, Father, so that I can share your word with others that need you so desperately. Make me bold so that I can stand up for you in a world that's all but forgotten about you. Make me bold so that I can step out on faith and share the gospel with people that so desperately need to hear it. Make me bold so that I can experience and share the freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. Make me bold, God. Make me bold. If you pray that prayer, He will make you bold. He will give you opportunities to be bold. I hope you're ready. This is going to be an amazing week. I can't wait to the end of this week. We come back together next week. I want to hear about your stories. I want to hear about the opportunities that He has given you to be bold in your faith. Take the challenge. Pray every day. Lord, make me bold. Would you stand?